0: Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. In this episode, I want to talk about what to do when your child or teen or young adult child just emotionally dumps everything on you. You just get a cascade of all of the stuff that they're having trouble regulating. It goes right onto you. And to be honest, this happens mostly with moms. So today we're going to talk about why it happens and what to do about it. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Kaleri. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So think of A backpack your child, your young adult child, your teen, is sort of going through their life, going through their day, and just these heavy rocks are being put in their backpack. Stuff they're struggling with, worries that they have, failures they may be experiencing, anxieties that they're experiencing, um, that just overwhelm is building. And they walk into the house and they see you. Um, And you're going to get everything in that backpack dumped into the backpack that's on your back. So, and it does happen to dads, but I have to say this primarily happens to moms. Moms often get what belongs to everyone else too. So whatever belongs on dad, whatever belongs on teachers, whatever belongs on friends, other people that they're upset with or aggravated with, but are too scared to confront or talk to you'll get not only the stuff they're annoyed with you about, but you'll get everything that belongs to those other people as well, dumped in that backpack. And this can get incredibly heavy and be a really, really difficult um, cycle to break. Um, So why does this happen? So let's go back to what I've talked about in other podcasts, which is really as a parent, and we'll, we'll kind of get specifically into being a mom, but what we do as a parent is we function as a substitute frontal lobe. So that part of the brain that's in charge of, you know, executive functioning, planning, taking perspective, uh, motivation, um, all of those really higher functioning activities, um, they're not completely developed in the teen or even young adult brain yet. So we sort of function as a substitute frontal lobe. So when our kids have difficulty regulating, when they are so overwhelmed, when the emotion is just too much in their body, they're just absolutely overwhelmed. There's a trigger. And that trigger is often mom, it's us, which is so frustrating and so unfair because we do so much for our kids and we put our own needs aside and we worry about them. And make sacrifices for them. And then we get this dumping, which is really, really difficult. And it's it's very difficult to to, to manage and to actually deal with. So why does that happen? And It's funny because when I work with um, teens and also young adults, they'll say to me, I don't know what it is. When I'm overwhelmed and I see my mom, it's like a trigger. I just see her and it makes me mad or I just see her and I just want to dump everything out onto them. So it's off of me. And so that my mother actually knows exactly what I'm experiencing and what I'm feeling. So I'm not alone in feeling this. And especially my teens um, and, and older kids that I work with will say, I don't know why this happened. And I feel terrible about it. I walk away later and I feel horrible. I know my mother didn't deserve that. I know that's not fair. I know that she's a human being too. And that just is not okay, but I don't know how to stop. So I've actually work with them. I'm out there working with, um, young people on how to regulate on how to manage this on their own. Um, but it, it's, it's literally like a trigger. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. One, uh, and not that relationships with, you know, dad isn't an intense and intimate relationship. It is. Um, uh, but I think there's something about the mother and child relationship that just is, there's a vulnerability to it. There's a, Exquisite sensitivity to it. In general, um, you know, moms do take on a lot of stuff, and we certainly teach people how to treat us. So not all moms do this, um, but sometimes we kind of teach our kids that this is okay, and we sort of take that, um, we take that dumping, and we try to fix or we make it better. And two things kind of happen. We either start fixing it right away, and then our our child is sort of learning, okay, well, I do need my mother for this. Um, I can't do this on my own. Or we eventually can't take it, get mad, and uh, sort of flash back. And then they get this big explosion. They get this fight. They get this release. They get this sort of blast of adrenaline, which allows them to think about something else instead of the pain that they're in. And either way, we're reinforcing that behavior. All right, so what do we do about this? Because what we often do is either we just pass it along and take it out on our spouse, um, or the next child that walks in the room that tries to dump on us too, they get an extra dose and it ends up being what I call a chain of pain. And we don't want that. So really, I think the best thing to do and this is not the easiest thing to do by any means, but it really is the best thing to do is to stay as neutral as you possibly can. Don't be part of this regulation process. You know, if you try to fix it too much, they'll rely on you too much. And if you try, sorry, and if you get angry and fight back, they're going to get the explosion that they're looking for and the release that they're looking for. And what we really want is to help them as they move into adulthood to be able to feel these emotions allow their body to feel these emotions and then let these emotions flow through them, that it is something they can learn to tolerate and release. So first things first, we have to stay calm ourselves. So when we know we're walking into one of those situations, we can just, you know, it happens either in a flash or it's building up to that. It's important to teach people how to treat us. So if the conversation is getting really negative, it's getting really ugly, you say, I love you. I really want to be helpful and useful in this conversation. I'm feeling like this isn't working. I'm feeling like you're just dumping stuff on me. And to be honest, I like myself too much to to be put through this because you're really being unkind right now. Or, and or, I love you too much to let you do this because you can do better than this. Just coming home and dumping it on me is not okay. Nothing's getting accomplished. So take a minute. I'll come back and I'll check on you in a few minutes. And we'll try to continue this conversation a little bit later when you're not quite so escalated. And that won't go well. Sure, leave, walk away. They'll do all that stuff. And then just wait five or 10 minutes, let them come out of fight or flight a little bit, then come back in, let the conversation continue and see how that goes. And you might have to go in and out a few times. Now, remember to use the calm technique. If you're truly seeking to understand instead of being understood, if you're truly trying not to fix the problem, but really just be a safe space for your child to, to let everything out. Know that with young people that have big feelings and big emotions, they'll use really dramatic language. You know, They'll say things like, this is never gonna work and this is over, I'm finished, or I'm gonna fail, or I'm gonna be homeless or whatever they're saying. Try not to react to what they're saying in the moment. That's part of what they're trying to do to get out. And if you grab onto that and start picking that apart and going, what do you mean you can't be homeless? You're just going to end up being the fuel in that conversation. It's going to escalate. So in a really kind um, empathic way, you're just listening and saying, it sucks. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, that feels so horrible. You know, I can see why you're so stressed. You know, don't try not to fix, try not to solve. Go back again to the first I think it's the first three episodes of this podcast where I really dive into that calm technique because that's what's going to help you um, be available, be present for your child, let them kind of get stuff out. It'll help them not escalate so much they get hurtful and angry. Um, if you're doing your absolute best with mirroring and they're still dumping and they're pulling you into it and they're being nasty to you or they're blaming you for everything. And honestly, moms get blamed for a lot, unfairly. Um, that's where you do that. Um, that's where you have the conversation, but Hey, I love you, but I also love myself and I'm not going to stand here and be treated like this. I'm going to come back in a few minutes, get yourself together. I'm happy to help you, but not if you're going to attack me. Um, and not, not with a charge, like I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to stand here. If you're treating me like this, this, is-. if it has that energy, you're going to get sucked right into that vortex. It has to be really strong, really firm and filled with, um, not an arrogant self-love, but a very contained, meaningful, reasonable self-love. You're really showing them that you care too much about yourself to be treated this way and you expect more of them. Make sure to be giving your child messages of confidence. I believe in you. You've handled things before. This is after you've mirrored. Um, You can cite certain incidents. There was the time when you got through that. I know everything in your body is telling you that you won't, but I believe in you. I know that you can really give them those messages of confidence. If they're getting really nasty, don't be afraid to consequence. Like, don't be afraid to say, hey, if you keep doing this, this is, this is, this. is there's gonna be a consequence for this. I'm not gonna drive you to wherever later, or you're gonna lose your phone for the rest of the night. You're getting really nasty here. You're making choices here that are not okay. And there's gonna be natural consequences that follow. And again, do it in a really strong, neutral way. Accept apologies. So often your child will come back maybe a day later, maybe a couple of hours later, and they'll apologize. And we often aren't the best at accepting apologies. We're like, fine, but do you know how terrible that was? Or fine, that's fine. We have this like sort of uh, pained, haughty response. Really try to genuinely say, hey, I know it's not easy to apologize, I really appreciate that you came back and you said that to me. We'll have a conversation later about how we can avoid this in the future again because it it wasn't great, but thank you. I really do appreciate it. Like really humbly and honestly accept apologies because that actually reinforces whether your child is going to feel like coming back and giving you another genuine apology. And it is not easy to apologize. It takes vulnerability. It takes a certain amount of putting yourself out there and risk-taking. Um, and when you're met with an apology, Uh, Or when you're met with a reaction that feels more like a rejection or it's charged or it's sort of passive aggressive, it's really going to have an effect on whether how comfortable they feel in the future about apologizing to you and also to others. Also, remember this really is a moment in time. As your child gets older, as they move more into adulthood, they will do less and less of this. And, you know, we do our best parenting. Before an incident happens, and after an incident happens, we do our poorest parenting. I think in the middle of an event because it's too difficult. We're emotionally charged. We're human. You know, our feelings are getting hurt. We're having a reaction as well. So really thinking about you know after an incident like this happens, going back and you know saying things, especially if your child is older. Like I know this is hard and I know emotions are hard and this is a pattern we've gotten into over over the years but as you move into being an adult it's really important for you to work through these things with me and have rational discussions with me instead of just dumping everything on me and it's interesting I work with a lot of young adults who who kind of realize there's a point where it's not okay to do that anymore not that it ever really was but they sort of realize you know it doesn't make sense to call my parents and dump on them about my boss or the guy who, you know, didn't show up for the date or you know, whatever is going on, um, that transfer of pain is not appropriate anymore. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't solve anything. They have a responsibility also not to transfer the pain. And there's a real difference between, you know, mom, can I have your ear for a minute? I'm really struggling. And you probably this even, And this always happens to me. When it has that energy, it just feels so different. And so we really want to, shape those conversations and guide those conversations so that they're more meaningful they aren't just a free for all emotional dump because that's not fair um and then i guess the last thing that's really important is when you've been through you know one of these one of these episodes and if you have multiple kids you could have multiple of these in a night um really know that it's important to set boundaries but it's also that self care is really important so Sometimes it's, you know, if your kids are old enough, just go for a walk, get out of the house or go run a bath or, you know, go for a drive, get out of the house, get away from the situation. Sometimes your brain tells you to stay in there and that you're suddenly going to say something that's going to click and your child's going to realize how awful they're being. And that rarely happens. Usually you have to take that space and take that time to go and take care of yourself. You know, go, go meet a friend, um, listen to music, go you know, walk in nature, um, look through baby photos, do whatever you can to look kind of regroup and bring yourself to a space where you feel okay. And then make a deal with yourself that in the future, you're going to set more boundaries. You're going to have more meaningful conversations and you're going to send those messages of confidence to your kids. So they know they don't have to do this anymore. This isn't part of how they regulate that they need to develop their own ability to manage these big feelings, manage these big emotions, feel them, release them and let them go with or without your help. So thank you so much. Um, I will see you again on the next episode of Connected Parenting. Don't forget to go back, listen to the earlier episodes. We have lots of support for you at connectedparenting.com. Go to our website, find out all about the services that we offer. We've got online courses. We've got our village where parents can meet together with a practitioner and work on some of these things. I have my books that are available on Amazon. We've got a whole team of therapists that can support you and help you on your parenting journey. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting.